Um, I like for a useful topic of a sermon is a time to leave Egypt. Uh, I like to start it in Exodus 13th chapter. It's just four verses I want to use. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Sanctify unto me all the firstborn, whatsoever opened the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and of beast, it is mine. And Moses said unto the people, Remember this day which you came out from Egypt, out of the house of bondage, by the strength of the hand of the Lord. Brought you out from this place, there should be no leavened bread be eaten. This day came you out in the month of Abed. The God had blessed the reading of his hearing of his word. A time to leave Egypt. You know, I thought about this message and I thought about God putting it on my heart. He said that, you know, there's there's three, there's, there's a whole lot of met, metaphors with Egypt, but I want to use about three or four of them. There's a historical Egypt. When you think of Egypt, you think of the pyramids. I know Sister C, I don't know if she's here today or not, but Sister C, she's been there. She got to see the pyramids and the Sphinx, and, and the Sphinx is just a, it's, 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 a, it's a body of a lion with the head of a, a man. Did I get that right? Is it different? The other way around. But you see the pyramids, you see the great things were done in Egypt. And that's the historical Egypt. You have to marvel at these things because if you look at them, you didn't think man could build these kind of things back in that day because they didn't have bulldozers. They didn't have all the things we have today, yet they built these giant pyramids and things that they call them some of the seven wonders of this world. But it's time to leave Egypt. Then you think about the ge geographical side of Egypt. Egypt is special because I don't know. This is on, I mean, I didn't read about it's probably some other rivers in this world that does this, but the Nile River flows north instead of south. Now, that's, that's different because I'm used to every river I know going south. But the Nile River flows north, and it's surrounded by deserts, and you think about it, and yet, he said, you know, it doesn't rain much in Egypt. You say, well, how does it not rain have river? But the rivers come up, like I said. It doesn't rain much, and when, the, when it overflows, they say when the river overflows, it fertilizes the land. So it's special. God has made Egypt a special place. It, I, I don't know too many places do that in this world, but Egypt is made like that. And that's, and that's the ge geographical side of Egypt. It's, it's made up of... Like I said, it's, it's, it's strange, different things. And that what makes that so good that when it, when it overflows, when it fertilizes the land, that's why the grain is so heavy and that's why everything grows so well in Egypt because all this stuff comes up through Egypt, through the Nile River. And this, by the way, the Nile River is the longest river 
in the world. You think about the historical, the geographical, and then it's time to leave Egypt. And I think about, well, how do we get there? How do, the, how, do, how do we talk about Egypt and the Bible in the first place? Well, I don't know about the first place, but I'm going to tell you how the Israelites got there. <laughs> I mean, you've heard the story that how God had promised, and we talked talk about it less than he had promised Canaan to the Israelites. Well, Abraham, and it ended up being Jacob, his, his, his grandson, who ended up with Joseph being sold into slavery by his brothers. And now you've heard that story, but, the, but they were there, they say, for, they, they're not sure. These are 400 or 600 years in captivity. This is what I read. They said they still wasn't sure about the 200, so there's 200 years they could play with. Well, there was that kind of time in Egypt. You, you, you know, but they went there because there was a phantom in the land, okay? I, I, I mis, misplaced that part. There was a phantom in the land. And they found that Joseph, their brother, was already there, when it, one who they sold into slavery. And he took care of that. He, he let them come in, and four to 600 years later, the Pharaoh that knew Joseph was gone. Of course, you know, a whole lot of people gone then. Now, you think about this. Were these Egypt, were these Israelites anymore? A lot of things took place in those 600 years. See, they had 70 people going in. But through the transformation, they end up with, I'm not sure about the number, I know close to a million folks. They were growing so rapidly, it scared Pharaoh. As they grew and grew and grew, their numbers kept increasing and increasing and increasing. He said, wait a minute, we got to do something about this. We have to stop them. They're going to overcome us. Or they might side with our enemies and overtake us. But it's time to leave Egypt. So Pharaoh, he started making it hard on them. And they had to make brick without straw. They say that's pretty tough. I don't know. I've never made brick before. I've laid, I've helped carry brick, but I've never made brick. He made it hard as possible on them. But I want you to remember this now, it's, but it's, it's a time to leave Egypt. You've got to think of Egypt as a place, geographically, as a place, historically. Then you've got to think of Egypt as, 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 a, as a, a refuge. If you ever been to a place and, 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 and it took care of you, Egypt took care of the Israelites. It really did. It fed them. It clothed them. It educated them. See, they went in there. They were nothing but herdsmen. They were a bunch of herdsmen, that's what I can say, <laughs> for lack of another word. And, and they, didn't have, they, didn't know how, they didn't have the knowledge, but they ended up being craftsmen. They ended up learning how to build things. They ended up learning... Uh, how to use math. They learned all this right in what? In Egypt. So it was a good place. But I want you to think about it as you think about Egypt. Have you ever had to move and leave somewhere before? Anybody? Well, I, I got out of Newburgh that way. Yeah, I, I was in the third grade and my, my father, my Uncle Henry, Mark Henry had a fellow he used to run with called Yellowstone. 
and he wanted to move that night. That same night, I was supposed, I was in pack 265 of the Cub Scouts. And that day, I was supposed to get up before the people and do my imitation of Woody Woodpecker. I'm not going to do that now. <laughs> I was supposed to do my imitation of Woody Woodpecker so I can get my medals. But my father came in with the truck, packed everything up, and before I know it, I was out here in the midst of Newburgh. Never got my medals. Never got none of those things. So when you think about them moving, you got to think about the kids, too. Can you imagine how they felt hearing about they were going to be moving? And some of these Israelite people, were they friends because you grew up with them. Even though they treated you bad, they still, you, you grew up with them. There some people had some kind of positions and titles in Egypt. You say, how can they do that? Well, that, that's the way it was. Think about it. As you're growing up through Egypt and as you're getting ready to leave, this guy named Moses is giving you all kind of problems. Just think about it, because he's, he's, he's telling us we got to leave. And some people today, say, they say, y'all want to go back to Africa? I ain't never been. <laughs> and these people have been there for four to 600 years, so they didn't know anything about Canaan. They know what somebody told them about it, but they didn't know anything about it. So they find themselves in turmoil in, on the inside. Yeah, I want to go. I'm tired of them people treating me like this, but come on now. That's all I know. you asking me to pick up and leave and go out somewhere, go away from having water all the time? Because, you know, that's a desert area. All this desert. I can just go down to the now and get a drink when I want to. I can't do that if we move and leave. It was some questions there, you know, and ladies, y'all know, y'all probably want to shop at the ladies' Egyptian place. Get one of your ladies' hats or whatever, you know, and you wasn't going to be there. You'd be going out into the wilderness now. Can you imagine the turmoil that was in the families? Can you see them questions? Well, why we got to go now? Let's go next week. And when I think about that, I think about, it's about like a woman being pregnant. I ain't never experienced that, lady, so. <laughs> but, you know, when I say that, Israel grew and grew. And it grew so, grew so much that they were threatening. And that's the way a baby is inside of a woman. After a while, it's cute. When people say, oh, you're pregnant. But when you start going through that time, it ain't cute no more. <laughs> when it's pressing against your outer walls and wants to come out. So I, I can see where Israel was growing and growing. They was pressing and pressing. So they said, we, it, it's, and, and, and to me, God is trying to deliver this baby Israel. As they grew and grew, but it's time to leave Israel because you, 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 you've grown, outgrown yourself. So as, as we're looking at this, they got to a point where they, 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 the Moses is telling them, let's go. He had to send some, some plagues, had to go through Israel. I mean, through Egypt. And I would imagine that night when they put the blood on the lamppost and the next day when all the firstborn were dead, I can imagine the chaos went through the whole place. Can you hear people crying and carrying on? Because, you know, some of those people were their friends that died. Even though they were Israelites, but some of those Egyptians were their friends. And as you think about all that going on, it says it's time to leave Egypt. Although Egypt can take care of you, 
It has fed your children. You have buried your kinfolks there. It's hard, cause it, but it's time to leave Egypt. And God is saying it's time to leave because he has some promises for, for Israel. You, you can't receive your promises on this side. It, it's just like, bro, Pastor, you, you, your, your little boy and little girl, they couldn't receive their promises still in, inside. <laughs> God has something for them, but they can't receive it in Egypt. And Egypt is a good place, but it's not your place. Sometimes we find ourselves in Egypt. And e- Egypt can be a, a not just a historical, not just a, 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 a geographical, but it could be a place of the mind. We find ourselves in Egypt a lot of times. It might be a job that you own. It, it, might, be a, it, it might be a situation in your home. And it's Egypt, you know, because you've been there all the time. You've done this all the time, and you're used to it. But the, but the, but the Holy Spirit is constantly telling you, it's time to leave Egypt. I, I want to do some things with you, church, but you've got to leave Egypt to get it done. I remember when the pastor said, I never will forget it, he talked about going to Costa Rica. And the first thing I thought about was, man, they don't have no big, uh, they don't have no big restrooms on them planes. <laughs> I can't squeeze in and out of them places. But it's time to leave Egypt. But see what it is, the pastor was saying this because the, the word of God tells us to go. And see, we, we, we're just like the Israelites when we're told to go. We, we don't have a choice. He didn't tell us it's going to be convenient. But, but see, we got to leave all this fresh water here in Egypt. You know I mean, well, we got to dig our own wells out there. And Jesus said, I'll be your living water. That you'll never thirst. So church, if, we, if we're going to be the church, we, we got to leave these buildings. If we're going to be the church, we're going to be effective. We, we, we got to go beyond these walls. And we just can't sing songs to ourselves, but we got to sing songs to the folks out there. You, we got to leave Egypt in order to do what God wants us to do. I know it's comfortable in Egypt because it's easy to, if I can hear singing in the choir and I go home and, you know, I'm going to do my own thing. You know, I'm going to go home and watch the football game. Whatever it is, but you got to leave Egypt in order to be, get those blessings and the promises that Jesus has promised his church. If you want to be effective, we can't stay in Egypt. Egypt may be comfortable. Well, we did this all our lives. But you got to leave Egypt. And church, we'll find ourselves, so I've been doing this and I've been doing that. And I recognize that the people in Egypt, the Israelites, they, they were saying, look, why we got to go now? My mother told me, she said, the day I was born, on the 4th of July, she said she was ready to have me months in advance, but the hour before I was ready to get there, she said, can we wait to another day? And that's the way it is. When it's time to move, you want to wait one more day, one more time. But when, when the word has gone out to, to leave Egypt, they had to pack up everything and do what God had told them to do and move. And, and, and the question today for us in the church today, when it's time to leave this Egypt that we have, well, my mama taught me this. 
Well, Jesus didn't teach you that. Well, my daddy did this. Well, Jesus didn't teach you that. That's Egypt. Well, you know, we, we, we wrestle with this thing, whether we're conservative or liberal. But uh, do you know Jesus, Savior and Lord? Had nothing to do with conservative or liberal. It's putting Jesus first. But are you willing to leave Egypt? And, and let me share some with your church that these folks wasn't perfect, just like we're not perfect. But God wants to use imperfect people. But in order to leave Egypt, you've got to trust God. And just like he had the, the, the sun by day and the pillar, the pillar of fire, as the pillar of fire, clouds, I'm going to get it right. What I'm telling you, church, is that he has the Holy Spirit and his word. And he wants to lead his people through these wilderness lands. And don't get me wrong, this is not our home. I'm often reminded by the people who live in Newburgh that I am not a Newburger. I've been here for over 50 years of my life, but they'll let me know in a minute. Now, you're not, you're not a Newburger. But you know, I came out of Carter Homes. But I'm not from there either. This is not my home. I'm not American. I'm Christian. Well, you say, I'm not American. I'm not, I'm not down in America. I'm not down in black folks or white folks. I'm just saying, I'm here for Jesus. And, and he's telling us right now that we've got to leave our Egypts. If you know it's one thing that Jesus said, he, he talks about the living water. And I know the people of Israel said, well, we've we got to... Start killing our own food again. You can't go to the grocery store and buy your food. You can't, you can't do this. And he said, wait a minute. I'm going to give you bread, the living bread. He gave them manna from on high, but he can give us that living bread, the bread of life. So as, as, we, as we think about this time we're going through, we have to leave Egypt in order to be what God has us to be. The church has to, has to leave Egypt in order to be what it has to be. You, then see, we, we, we've made it comfortable for ourselves. We said, you come within these walls. But it's not these walls. It's right here. When we're out there being the church, we can be effective. We've got to leave Egypt. pastor says it. Going to Costa Rica. But we've got to go more than just Costa Rica. We've got to go to these neighborhoods around us, our next-door neighbors. We've got to let them know there's Jesus. And it goes back to leaving Egypt. But Brother Roland, what, what, what are some of the promises? One of the greatest promises I heard of is this. Now, if you think about this, the blood of Jesus on the cross. We hear a lot of things about men going through different things, whether they did it or not. Herman Cain and different ones. And reality about the church is we recognize we're guilty. We're already guilty. But the blood of Jesus, when they opened that book up that day, and my name will be right there. When they open that book up, and they're going to see my name right there, and they see the sin right here. But when they get ready to see what I've done, the blood of Jesus has been run down all over it. And covered it all up. And the next page, they'll say, and the blood of Jesus has run down all over it. And covered that up too. And the blood of Jesus has run down all over those things I did because... Because I accept him as my Savior and Lord. So that's one of the promises that we have. That, that if you accept Jesus, your Savior and Lord. Now, we don't ask you to come join the church, join the congregation. We want you to accept Jesus, your Savior and Lord. So 
Am I perfect? No, but I serve a perfect God. And he has, and he has some promises that he wants to give us. This is not the promised land. This is not, we cannot stay in Egypt. We have to leave Egypt in order to accept those things God has for us. May God have blessed you.